Yeah, the voice right. is definitely. I would shag that person. Like... <laughs> You'd shag the voice. <laughs> and the person behind the voice. But never mind, moving on. <laughs> moving on. Oh, wait a minute, we're Capcom. Of course. Yeah. Hello. Well, you know, he's going to make his appearance, too. I've got a pussy on my lap. There you go. See? And, uh, See how exciting that is? <laughs> oh, yeah, is it? <laughs> oh, you look hot. So, well... Oh, sorry. No, thanks. <laughs> You're like, no, never mind. No, I'm adjusting to the whole thing. I'll pull the curtain before I start masturbating. <laughs> you are wrong in the head sometimes. Welcome to episode 29 of the Screams and Moans podcast, the podcast about movies and sex, but not together because that would be porn. Today with me, I have Dave, who is another podcast virgin. However, uh, he is an avid listener of podcasts, and he's also submitted quite a few stories for the show, uh, including one for the Halloween episode that we put together. And uh, speaking of, I was going to ask you, how are your maths today? I can add two and two together. <laughs> maths! Maths. Don't get me started on maths. So, um... Yeah. <laughs> math is American myth. It's maths. Oh, you're ridiculous. So, um, <laughs> other... <laughs> you're getting off track, though. I'm, I'm alluding to a previous uh, listener's story you may or may not have submitted recently. <laughs> Sorry, move on. Okay, that's what I thought. No, um, <laughs> so, oh, uh, on. maths aside, um, what else have you been up to lately? Um, me, uh, ooh, um, uh, what can I say? I've just been to, <sighs> okay, now, I know one of your listeners from FSJ. Okay. I'm sorry, I'm very sorry, guys, but I've just been to Belgium. However, that is not such a bad thing because I've been to Belgium purely and simply because it is 200 years since we are over the Frenchies at Waterloo. History benefit, 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 benefit. So we stayed at the 1815 Hotel and we had a damn good time drinking lots of Belgian beers. <laughs> my li- my no. listeners can't I'm, see my I'm, skeptical I'm, I'm, look on my face right now. <laughs> yeah, 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 so like, uh, yeah, I'm fucking hell, it's a bloody European war again. I just want to hear about the ciders of the trip, frankly. The ciders are sort of like drunk on the boat. You like <laughs> flat ciders, don't you? 
I do like flat ciders, yeah. And we don't well, get them a lot over here. Well, we we don't get a lot of flat ciders unless you go down to sort of like the southwest and sort of all that sort of shit. I have, have there. That, I did have a flat cider on the boat in your sort of like, you know, sort of like taking you and into consideration. It was quite nice. It was like 5.4% and it, it was not a bad pint. Well, there we go. That's not too bad. So, other than some Belgian beer, what else did you get up to on your trip? You really want to know? <laughs> of course I do. It screams and moans. Oh, <laughs> um, do you want to sort of like hang that back to the second half? I do want to sort of like keep on the idea. I'm sort of like, I'm, 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 I'm what is man? I don't sort of like take these things into account. Oh, okay. All right, well, um, then <laughs> you just want to allude to things and then um, talk no, a little more in the second no, half? No, 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 purely simply because we've got things to talk about in the second half, and I've met people who allude to things. Okay. All right. Okay. Thing. <laughs> um, yeah, I have, actually. I've been to quite a few more games this year. Uh for those of you who don't know, the Minnesota Swarm are uh, Minnesota's arena lacrosse team. So, I actually... Are you laughing at me right now? Um, <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm just, I'm, I'm just pimping them out. Right, right. We sh- I should be getting kickbacks for this. Yeah, yeah but... Um, yeah, it's a sport that's kind of becoming more popular in Minnesota, I guess, which is a little unusual. Um, just more popular in the U.S., but... I actually prefer arena lacrosse because it's a little more like hockey and it's a little more violent. Um, <laughs> one, of, one of my friends actually pointed out, like, are there any non-violent sports that you enjoy? Like going to roller derby, you like kickboxing, you like... <laughs> Sorry, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let's just, let's roll that back a bit. Okay. So you've got roller derby. 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 Darby, yes, I know. Roller Darby. That's all I kicked American isms back in. Hey, when when right. I was I was gonna say, when I came over I went through Darby. I didn't go through Derby. But that's because someone's wife was gracious enough to let me know that before I got on the train. <laughs> but um Yeah, okay, so you kick in that one. Right. Yeah. Okay. So it's Darby. Wait a minute. So what we're talking about is sort of like different versions of sports. Yes. So we've got Royal Derby. Yes. Instead of Derby. Correct. We've got, okay. you know, um, kickboxing, which I like to do. Right. Yes. Right, okay. You yeah. like Oh, I love kickboxing. Yeah. And free sparring. It's a really good workout. So, uh, when you do kickboxing, do you like sort of like just taking out on anybody? Oh, I don't walk down the street. I'm not like they live. With, you know, like I came here to chew bubble gum and kick ass, and I'm all out of bubble gum. I mean, all right, okay. I don't mean that. I just mean if you're in the gym, do you just sort of like go for it? Um, generally, I've done it in classes. So they'll usually have structured. You know, you're learning different moves or different strategies, and then you might get you know, 10 or 15 minutes at the end of the class to free spar with other students. So that's actually a lot of fun. <laughs> okay. And so stress like, relief, yeah. You do like kicking people, then. Yes, and I, and I played rugby. 
Yeah, I know about. Yeah. Well, some of my listeners might not know that. And, um, and yeah. Is what position? Uh, no, 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 no. Are you going to no. guess? You already know it's not fair. Sexually. What? Did you just say sexually? You used to play open side flank. Yeah. But they wanted me to be like a running back. And I was like, no. Okay, so it's like the center. Yeah. And and I'm like, fuck that. No. So I want to be in the scrum. And they said, well, then you need to be open side because... You're going to be hot. Yeah, and you're faster than some of the other girls, and you're going to be one of the first ones out. So, no, 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 no. I understand that completely. Yeah. So that's that's where that came from, and then yeah, I like really? a, arena lacrosse, which is basically guys bashing each other's heads into the boards, and there's usually at least one fight, at Ooh, least. Oh. Sorry, are you recording this now? Oh, uh, the whole show, yeah. You are completely fucking mental. <laughs> That's beside the point. The rugby thing is fine. I don't mind that. So you think you suddenly think I'm mad or mental <laughs> for my choice of sports? I have to put both about both about the same. Rugby's fine, but somehow I've went a step too far with the rest of my sports choices. Is what you're saying? No, yeah, you did, yeah. You're sort of like wrong. I don't think I'm wrong. Oh, you. Okay, maybe you are, but no, 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 you're definitely wrong. You don't know what movement means. <laughs> I don't Hard know. Hits. Yeah, that's Tough the fun part, right? Tough tackles. Yeah, but. I don't know. I mean, that being said, maybe if I got back to rugby and back to kickboxing, I'd be that fit again as well. <laughs> so <laughs> maybe I should look into that. I need a little more violence in my life. Yeah, yeah. And no, I, that's probably not something I should say. <laughs> no, honestly, you should do. You uh, should do. Okay. Anyway. anyway. <laughs> well, we're back to give it another try, at least, right? <laughs> yeah, come on, let's get it. Let's get it on go. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we definitely had some technical difficulties the first round, um, mostly being my internet connection and quite some lag that day for some reason. Well, yeah, it was sort of like blocky, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it wasn't. What do you What do you mean? Mean now? Now? Yeah, it was not not clever, was it really? Yeah, not really. So hopefully uh, this one will go a little bit better, and uh, we can actually get talking about the movie that we watched. Uh, yeah, there's a concept. Several times. Well, several times. you several times. I've seen it still to this day once. So you're getting the oh, you've only seen this once. Yes. So this is you're getting the first. You fucking amateur. Right. Okay. <laughs> Who's the podcast virgin here? I'm, Not me. I'm the podcast virgin, yeah. Yeah. I've seen I've, I've seen this film about seven times now. That is crazy. Well, not so crazy. I would definitely watch it again. And um, for those of you who uh, are just tuning in, uh, we're talking about Metropolis. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Why did you skip the intro? What's wrong I with you people? I don't know. 
<laughs> anyway, um, yeah, so we're covering the 1927 film Metropolis. We did watch slightly different versions, but the only difference really being that some of the footage that was found in Argentina was added back into mine. Oh, you watched the more up-to-date one, did you? I, mu- I must have. I don't know. It was the one on Netflix. That's all I <laughs> On American Netflix, I should say. But having said that, the original was 210 minutes long. Did you know that? So I'm still missing some, in other words. Yeah, yeah the, it was completely and utterly butchered. As soon as the film was finished, it was butchered by the, the editors. Um, and it was... I, I'm only saying this because I'm a complete geek about this film. I'm cross because there's the, it, 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 you need to see the whole thing, really. Um, I mean, the one I saw was just shy of two hours. Okay. But, I mean, let's think about two hours, black and white, silent movie... That's probably enough for most people, really, isn't it? <laughs> probably. Probably. Yeah. yeah. But I, I don't think the biggest thing about this movie is necessarily its length. That's the first time I've ever heard a female say it's not about length. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, it's not the size that matters. It's how entertaining <laughs> it is. Yeah, yeah, okay, fair enough. So, yeah, I know you've looked up a couple so, of... So, anyway, where do we start from? Um, well, I was going to lead the show. It's a bit more lead, right, lead so. you... Where I want you to go. You're either going to love it or hate it. <laughs> right? Okay. Yeah, it's, a bit mar- it's a bit marmite, this film. I suppose it's, it's the same with any sort of like black and white silent movie. You're either going to love it or hate it. Yes. Depending upon your point of view. Um, it has been described as the, the first sci- sci-fi film. Oh, yeah, it's definitely been described that way. It's a major sci-fi film. There are a few previous films, French and Russian ones, which are sort of like 10 years prior to this. Okay. Oh, yeah. Believe me, I'm going to get geeky on this shit. Um, (laughs) This this is the first major one, really, um, purely simply because of its styling and the um, era in which it was filmed. Because you bear in mind, 1927, so you're smack between the two world wars, and you've got a lot of austerity going on in Germany. Um, And this film did actually cost a lot of money to make. I did not know that. I shall tell you how much it cost. All right. I know. I knew you said you had a bunch of facts, so I'm going to let you spit some of the facts out, and then we're going to get into the movie. It it originally cost 5.1 million Reichmarks. Which that would be quite a lot today. Um, at the time, it cost it cost $2.4 million. Okay. Or 1.6 million Earth pounds. Right? Okay. <laughs> <coughs> now, if you want to sort of like ratchet that up in sort of like inflationary terms and stuff like that, you're looking at $31.5 million. That is insane. So, well, what, is, what do most movies nowadays cost? Oh, shit. I mean, some of them are costing $140 million. Yeah, ridiculous. So, it'd be like a low-budget, low-to-moderate-budget film today. However, <laughs> the, down, the downer, for, downer for this poor bastard of a movie, right, it only took 75,000 Reichmarks at the box office, which is sort of like 500K. So, it was a, a complete flop. Complete fucking flop. Which is crazy because it's actually an amazing film. 
I think. Oh, it is, yeah. I, I, I mean, the styling is absolutely superb, and the um, the way it was presented. Prince Lang, who was a director, he'd never liked it actually. He said it was a complete and utter waste of time. Yeah, but to be fair, as someone who does something creative, I think you're always going to think that the stuff that you produce is a bit of shit. Yeah. The, the other side of it was also the Nazis hijacked it as well. Well, right. Yeah, that's a whole other side of it. But uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's a surprise. The Nazis hijacked it. <laughs> Never. But uh, I was going to say, for those of you who haven't seen Metropolis, you've heard us kind of mention a few different facts and a little bit about the theme of the film, but really it's kind of, what would you call it, the definitely the struggle of kind of the industrial revolution and workers versus, oh, yeah. you know. It's completely not a um, dystopian adventure, really. Yeah. You don't, I mean, it's, it, it's basically, the, the premise is that you have the um, the bosses working above ground. Oh, the elite, yeah. Keep, uh, the elite, um, and punting around in gardens trying to shag women. Yeah, that's, that's a That given. was an amazing garden, by the way. <laughs> it, yeah. And then you've got these poor bastards underground who are sort of like labouring and toiling day in, day out, trying try and keep the whole place going. Yeah. I think they, for me, though, one of the high points of the film was the way that they can portray the two different you know, groups, and they really do, I mean, obviously, in the film, it's polar opposites. I mean, there's no question at all, because like you said, the elite are busy, you know, going around gardens, figuring out which woman's going to fuck them that day, uh, and <laughs> playing games and not really having any worries, uh, where, you know, you show the workers, and not only is it under the ground, but you can tell they're just... You know, 10-hour shifts, ground to the bone. They're just no life to them really anymore. They're just robots, which is well, obviously yeah, a commentary as well. Well, that's it. I mean, the the, the, the initial scene really is where the, um, the workers are sort of like going into... You get the, the sort of like the, the two sides of it, where the one set of workers are coming out of the, the plant. Yeah. And another lot are going in. And the ones that are coming out are basically uh, worn down, heads are low, they're just walking really slowly. The ones that are going in, they're all marching in line, or everything's sort of like they've got to get into the job and get going. And it's it's not a pretty thing to see, really. Right. It really is. It, it, I don't know how to describe it, really. I mean, okay, I've seen it so many times, but I still don't know how to describe it because it's, it is such a, a drudge watching these guys go in and out. And at the same time, you've got, like you say, the, the elite are upstairs um, in the, 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 the head guy, Joe Friedersen. He's the main guy. He's got his nice suit on. He's got his big office. He's got the clock counting down, 10-hour shifts, whatever. And his son, Freder Frederson. Freder Frederson, yeah. Real original on the name there. Freder Frederson. <laughs> he, could, he could be Norwegian. Um, you yeah, leave us out of this. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah I, thought, I thought I might as well have a go at that one. Yeah. Um, yeah, basically, he, all, all he's doing is just spending his time ponting around in his garden trying to shag women. But, hmm, well, and, but, until he... Until um, Maria turns up. Yeah, the, the mystery woman. Um, <laughs> surrounded by kids as well. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, she's a very, you know, compassionate 
character. Yeah, but, she is. She's like, she wants to try and integrate the two people, the two sides, you see. These are your brothers and your sisters. Exactly. You know, she she comes up and says, these are your... But she, she drags these poor little urchins up from the depths of God knows where. It comes up in the lift or the elevator. Anyway, she brings all these kids up and she sort of like says, this, these are your brothers and sisters. Um, and then she basically gets thrown out. Yeah, but not before Freighter notices her and... He's in love Catches right from the start, yeah. Oh, he's gone. He's gone big style. Oh, yes. yes. Oh, I love that, though. I love that. That then, you know, she's kind of what draws him in to the other world where he's never really seen what his dad, you know, what his father does and in terms well, of is, the reality of it, you know? Yeah, this is the whole premise of the film, really, about one side shall never meet the other. Right. Well, it doesn't work if... That's, uh, the th- that's the theory behind it. But it, yeah. it, no, no, no. no we, oh, that's a spoiler. You're going right to the end of the film now. I have not. <laughs> anyway, so basically she comes You up, spoiled uh, the end of the film. I said they don't work out. <laughs> we can cut that. Okay. Let's cut to the flood scene. <laughs> <laughs> and... That's part one. No, I'm just kidding. That's the whole thing done and dusted. Fuck it. But yeah, I was going to say, I mean, I think you're led to believe that, you know, Freighter is just like everybody else of the elite, you know, that just carefree doesn't really care about what's going on <laughs> in that other part of the world, you know, as long as well, he can maintain his. <laughs> he's a very compassionate guy. Very, I mean, he does have this. As soon as he sees this vision that comes out of the elevator yes that's where we see a change yeah he's gone completely it's like like the black and white silent movie overacting bit hand on heart arms going out i love that though i love that i argued with someone actually that at least this movie had acting unlike a lot of current movies oh yeah 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 Yeah. there is a lot of sort of like overemphasis on the 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 hand movements and the eyes and the head Oh but yes, definitely. But there's um, more subdued acting as well. It's better. Than, it's better than watching Nicolas Cage. That's better. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, really, once he follows her down below the metropolis. Yes. Um, yeah. So basically, he chases her down into the underworld. Right. But I mean, until this point, like I said, you didn't really know. I mean, you know, he's interested in her, but um, you know, he's kind of fallen head over heels already and wants to know more but you know that first scene where he actually you get to see the workers and their you know regimented clock like (laughs) movements uh on the machine and now this part i might need your help with because you explained this monster to me but freighter's watching as this machine keeps going more and more out of control um, oh yeah 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 and yeah, yeah basically what what happens is there's the, one of the poor workers is so exhausted he can't keep control of the machine correct there's this um the control machine by moving the hands on the clock which in a pretty random fashion to be quite honest i mean there's no set movement you just sort of like the guys going sort of like from ten to two to half past three to quarter to seven to whatever. That we know. Maybe there's some secret code. Where have I been looking at that? I can't find it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <sighs> so anyway, what happens is that eventually the whole that, that you can actually see that there's a pressure gauge and the pressure gauge builds up and builds up and builds up until all hell breaks loose, basically. 
and the machine then converts itself into a monster. Yes. If that's if that makes any it doesn't make any sense until you actually see it. Having said that, just before it converts itself into this monster, because the the flashcards that were shot during these silent movies, yeah, give you a brief explanation. It does actually say a word. Right, which is what I needed your help with when we explained Moloch. it. Yeah. Now, Moloch is an ancient god who was could only be honoured by human sacrifice. Which is why you see the workers being led up and into the machine. Indeed, yes. They all throw themselves into the machine. So it's all about human sacrifice, which is basically human beings sacrificing themselves for the good of the, the, whole, the, the um, existence of Metropolis. Right. Yeah, so I mean, basically, that's that's the first bit. That's where the the whole thing starts to break down. Well, and really, I mean, it's kind of alluding to them just in general sacrificing themselves yeah. for the machine as well. Yeah, well, to the greater good. There we go. As you could say, you then got the issue about your Fredersen suddenly realizing that his son's gone a little bit love struck. Yeah, but he only realizes that after his son comes up to tell him what's actually just been witnessed down below. Indeed, yes, yeah, that's the, the that's that that was a hard thing that really because what happens is that the foreman comes up and tells him what's going on, and then we say like basically, well, why did why am I the last one to hear about this? You know, the whole thing's gone tits. Um, why am I the last one to know about it? And he's he gets fairly pissed off basically in Saxon right which means that that person is now going to have to go down he's got to go down to work instead yeah. of keeping his nice clean job and his nice clean suit he's got to go and work with all his cool little underlings downstairs yeah <laughs> that guy couldn't do anything right from the start though well he's a bit of a sap wasn't he really let's face it <laughs> oh yeah he was no, actually, he actually turns out to be a really nice guy he turns oh, out to be yeah. a, he's, he's a really really good guy in the end Yes, but that's much later in the film. So. That's much later in the film, yeah. We're stepping ahead of ourselves on that one. But yeah, let's uh, jump back to the point <laughs> where we're at in the film. I tend to jump around a lot on this podcast. Do you notice that Pizza. as a listener? <laughs> pizza. <laughs> yes, and I may or may not have had some pizza in the break that you guys didn't just hear. Um, <laughs> so, yo, is that how you pronounce it, right? Yo, Yo Frederson. Yo, Yo Frederson. Well, you should know you're Norwegian. They're German. I suppose it's somewhat close. To be fair, a lot of the words mm-hmm. swap some V's and W's. Yeah. Yeah. So. So Yo, Yo Frederson. Yeah. Yes, Yo. Yo. Yo Frederson. What up, homie? Oh. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> oh Christ Almighty. <laughs> so. Yo sent his homie to follow his son. <laughs> he said, shit, man. I tell you what, that freighter, freighter? he ain't up to no good. No good. <laughs> and that's where the gangster movie ends. Yeah, basically. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, what were you going to say about that? Yeah, well, yeah. basically, anyway, he's, he, he sacks this guy, but then he's, he's got this guy, this little sidekick. Yo, for instance, has got this sidekick. He's, called, he's actually called the Thin Man. In the film. Okay, but you're never told that that's his name. Yeah, but he is thin, and he is a man. Okay, fair enough. So anyway, he sets the thin man to spy... His homie. Freighter or Freighter or something. 
Because yeah. he he's, he's not exactly enamored with the fact that he's sort of like um, got the hots for this chick downstairs, Maria. Yeah, but at that point, does he know he has the hots for Maria, or is it? Yeah, I think at this point, not. he's just disturbed that. that his son has seen a different world, and he's curious about it at this point. But because he's also seen, see, he's seen him with her as well. I thought that was when they spied on them much later. Oh, he's seen them yesterday. Not in the version he's, I saw. He has seen her. Yo, yo, Ferguson has seen Maria. Okay. Not in the version I saw, but. Okay. Well, the Man there's about 18 different versions of this damn film. So. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so, I mean, obviously he knows his, his son is up investigating things that he doesn't want him to be out investigating, basically. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's basically it. Yeah, he's, he's afraid of Ferguson has decided to go to the underworld. And he's um, got himself enamored with the work down there. He wants to try and free them because that is the good, sensible thing to do for a human being. Ish. <laughs> what is the ish? What is the ish? <laughs> I don't know. You've got to keep people down every now and again. No. No. And <laughs> anyway, so what happens is that um, yo. Ferguson then decides to go, I'm going to keep calling him that now. Yo! I know. (laughs) He goes off to to see um, this guy called Rockwang, or Rockwang, which means? I have no idea. Oh, you speak German. Come on. I I do speak German, but not fluent. Not fluently. Red cheek. (laughs) Ich kann nur ein bisschen Deutsch sprechen. (laughs) Yeah, so anyway, he goes off to see Rockwang, who's this mad inventor, um, who was the guy who designed this whole dichotomy of a place, which is the upper world and the lower world. Right. Which is and also he, when you're introduced to this character who's kind of hidden away, which they make pretty obvious um, in a non-distinct location. Uh, <laughs> but then you're introduced to Hell. Who happens to be your Ferguson's ex-wife. Yeah. Now, it turns out that Rottenvang was in love with her as well. And he's got some secrets. This he's one. a... Dirty little bastard, isn't he? <laughs> he really is. Actually, he looks, he looks pretty fucking freaky as well. Well, you um, know, the, the mad scientist type. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We've all been down that road. Um, I know I have. They, oh, wait, sorry. <laughs> stories, hello. <laughs> go on, go on. No, any, any, no basically, what, what, what he's done is he, he's created what's called a machine and mensch. Let's get back into German. Right. So basically, it's this android... Machine people. Machine person. Yeah. Um, it's it's an android version of uh, yo yo Ferguson's ex-wife. Maybe they would have different results if they went with Apple. <sighs> I had to go there. <laughs> you fucking did, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah it would have been way worked. more expensive for and it lower and it performance. Work well. <laughs> it wouldn't have worked as well. But it might have worked better with the masses. Because <sighs> the masses are gullible. <laughs> All right, but let's we'll we'll get back to you the know what I think, you know what I think about. <laughs> and I have an iPhone, uh, so I really can't talk. Um, yeah, so basically, he, he, he's created this um, android being, which is Hell, H E L, not H E double L. So okay, Hell is um, Yo Ferguson's ex-wife, and. Obviously, Rockman was in love with her because one thing that flashes up, one of these um, screen flashes that comes up, it was um, let the dead rest in peace. Yeah. Basically, just let it go. 
Which obviously he can't. He can't let this go because he's created this. Well, neither one of them could really let her go, though. No. I don't, I don't love shit, isn't it? Who knew I was going to be reviewing a love movie? Um, <laughs> it is kind of a love story, to be fair, though, like a sci-fi love story. Yeah. Yeah. Now this is now, now this is the one. But this is ah, 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 right. This is one thing I mentioned to you in the past. This is where there's lots of symbolism. Yes, that's what okay. We talk we talked about Moloch. Okay, it was an ancient god who was only satisfied by human sacrifice. Now, on all the doors in the underworld, there's a pentagram. Yes. Five pointed star. Okay. Which in um. It, it basically means it's purity and it's good and everything's fine. However, behind hell is an inverted pentagram. I did not notice that while watching There's it. There's an inverted pentagram, which actually, if you take occultism to its nth degree, is thought to be the ghost, which is obviously cloven hoofed, devil, that sort of thing. So it's there's all sorts of, um, how can I put it, satanic ritual going on there. Which I'm sure when the Nazis took it over <laughs> and claimed it as their own. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm, I'm sure Goebbels and um, and Co decided that was that was the thing for them. Having said that, they weren't really into occultism. They did have occultism built into their ethos, but not to that extent. Okay, fair enough. But yeah, yeah, going on. Yeah, I didn't I didn't notice that though. But then again, I've only seen the movie once, so maybe when I rewatch it. So I've seen it too many times. <laughs> so anyway, basically, yeah. So so what happened is um, we've got this android person, uh, android machine, which is in the um, the guise of your Frederson's ex-wife. But then your your Frederson then wants, or he wants basically wants this thing to become some sort of um, symbol. Well, basically, I mean, it stems from you know he knows that something's up and something's going on, yeah. right? So. He's led through these. <laughs> gonna I, I, thank you. I'm gonna say that instead. Um, you know, so oh. basically, well, he he's brought these plans that have been found in the hands of workers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. To Taratvang, who says, you know, yeah. these are actually the catacombs, the earliest part of your city when we first yeah. built it. Yeah. And I can take you there if you wanted to see what's going on. And as he's walking down, his son Freider and the rest of the workers are walking down as well, um, yeah. for obviously different reasons. And um, this is kind of where we see the role really. I mean, it, they hinted that Maria was working for change, but this is kind of where we really see her working for change and you know trying to uplift the people and everybody's well, brothers and sisters. Sort of like a messiah sort of thing where she stood in front of the um there's a an altar of crosses isn't it yeah crosses and candles yeah crosses and candles yeah which then converts into the tower of Babel, so that everybody can understand what's going on or, yes. no, or nobody can understand what's going on <laughs> well i was gonna say but um yeah, she definitely, you know, tries to connect some of the lines and the parallels for the people. Yeah. Um, and the she's all, she, all the time she's prophesying that, that some sort of... Um, mediator. Is that where you're going with she, it? She doesn't call him that to start with. She's just got somebody who's going to come who's going to reconcile everything. Okay. And uh, I think it's just... I think the one thing that pops up on the screen is wait for him. Okay. While everybody's sort of like getting down on the hands and knees and... 
right into the Lord. <laughs> well, Freighter, I'm... he's just wanting to look at her more and more and more because he's found, he's finally oh, found he's, her. He's gone completely. Yeah. yeah. But, um, he's, um, but his dad doesn't seem to notice him at that point. No, he doesn't, he doesn't see him down there at all. He's, uh, um, he, he's, he's more concerned about the fact that there's a revolt going on. Correct. Um, which was also, if you, you know, pay attention, was kind of alluded to that it could happen. Some foreshadowing earlier in the film. Oh, yes. Oh, but, yeah, yeah. Um... <laughs> well, it's been there all along, really. There's always, there's always been a little bit of sort of like um, civil unrest. So, yeah, so that's where his father comes up with this plan to make this new android in the image of Maria yeah. and, you know, turn against... You know, basically, he wants them at this point to revolt to justify reacting in an extremist way. Yeah. So, but, I mean, yeah, that's right. And what you've got is um, Rockvang, who's um, now the spot of Maria. He knows what's going on, though. Oh, he's he's he's, he's a little kid. He might be a bit fucking mad, but he's up. He knows what's happening. He knows what's happening. So he, he, he gives a bit of a chase for the old catacombs, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah, and he catches her, brings her to his, you know, mad lab, which I have to say, I thought for a movie of that time, the details and all the working parts put into that lab to make it look that way were amazing. Well, amazing. They, that's one of the other things that sort of like, when you do sort of like some background checking on this thing, a lot of the stuff that was used in this film was actually preserved and they used it. They shipped it over to America. You know when um, you know Frank. You've seen the original Frankenstein. Yes. Yeah. They used a lot of the original parts from this film in Frankenstein. Ah, you know, I could Frank- see that. The Baron's lab, you know, where he's sort of like all the um, Van der Graaff generators are kicking off and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, all that sort of stuff came from here. But imagine how much you know. Well, not a lot earlier, but definitely earlier than the original oh, yeah. Frankenstein. But- this is uh, this is something I, I was going to cut into later on, but it's there's certain things in this movie which actually predate the technology at the time. I I did not. I mean, I knew that there was quite a lot of actually impressive detail, and just some things of like the, um, sorry, go. On. Oh, I was going to say in the effects and the way things are shot. I mean, it's visually it's quite a stunning film, is what I was oh, going to say. It, 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 it's absolutely, it is utterly iconic. I mean, there's so, so many different things in there which are, they've found their way into sort of like modern culture. Okay. Yeah. So, so you get things like, I mean, the bit we were talking about just now about the, um, the crosses, the ultra crosses. Yes. That was used in the Madonna video. Then you've got the, um, Machine and Mensch, which Beyonce. Doctor Who? Machine and Mensch. The machine and mensch, you know, the lady, the help. Yeah. Help. Yeah. Well, Beyonce used that in a video. Okay. Well, I just think they they well, remind me of so. of the men yeah. in Doctor Who. Doctor Who. Why? Do you, do you not watch Doctor Who? No, I fucking don't. Oh. I stopped watching Doctor Who when David Tennant's been in it. But I love David Tennant at Doctor Who. Yeah, I thought, I thought David Tennant was brilliant, but I've not watched any of the ones subsequent to that. You see, I grew, I grew up with the original black and white Doctor Who's. Oh, I've seen those as well. So nothing can pass those. The Cybermen. Yeah, Cybermen, yeah, okay. Yeah. I yeah, can't believe look- you... That- Hold on. 
And I'd, I'd, well, to be quite honest, I'd, I'd never linked that. To... The Cybermen, which were originally in the first Doctor's last story, The Tenth Planet, in 1966. Yeah. They looked way different, though, then. Now they yeah. look much more like the ones from Metropolis. Yeah, no, I think, I think they've, <laughs> they've of, evolved. Yeah. They've evolved. <laughs> That's a whole other geeky rant. We just went on there, sorry. We did. But, um... <laughs> Back to Metropolis. and Anyway, so we've got Rock Bang chasing Maria through the catacombs. Catches her. Catches her. Does some amazing science and makes this machine look exactly like her. Indeed, yes. Now, this is where she becomes a... How can I put it? It's what young Ferguson wants this person to become. So he's she's becoming a little bit of a... Not a rebel, but a she's stirring the populace up. Yeah, she's basically inciting them to riot, is what she's doing. Oh yeah, big start. This is this is where some of the overacting goes on. Oh she, yeah, <laughs> she does become a little bit of a sort of like a wild-eyed, staring freak, doesn't she? Even when she's partying afterwards, when she's successful. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd love to know what she's been on. <laughs> right, but it's like, um... Dave, it's like Dave and Dent on a good day. <laughs> You can keep that in if you want. Oh, I, I will. I will. Um, but yeah, you know, so she's successful in this, you know, and um, oh, she, I mean, she stirs them up big style. Yeah. But it's it's all a part of a plan because basically, these you know, it distracts them from what's really going on. And and again, by you know, even before it starts, yo, <laughs> now you're gonna have me laughing every time I say it. <laughs> Yo, Frederson, uh, you know, he says, let them do what they will down there. If they want to destroy everything, let them. Because he knows that, you know, as a result of this, they could all this, basically yeah. cause their own death, <laughs> essentially. Yeah, no, no, at this point, really, it all starts to um, descend into chaos. Yeah. Because really what does. you've got is the riots. You've got the riots down below. They're children um, that are all left to be alone while they're out riding. Children. And this is the some there's a monk at some point, isn't there? Talking about an apocalypse. Okay. Which is then this this is where the robot Maria appears as the whore of Babylon, which is the most freaky thing you've ever seen in your entire life. <laughs> yeah, she she basically appears as this um she's got serpents on her head, she's sort of like on top of this machine that comes out of the ground. Then there's there's all sorts of shit goes on. There's things like um, belly dancing going off. We can all appreciate some belly dancing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It is absolute chaos, and that's the whole point of what she's been trying. She's been put there to do. Correct. So she's com- yeah, exactly. She's been completely successful at at that. And yeah. as I kind of alluded to, so while they're rioting, basically because. The machines aren't working, and the other parts aren't working. The, of course, the lowest levels start flooding first. And then Maria starts taking the kids to safety. Breda, Bredersen, Breda, Bredersen. He starts taking people, take, taking some of the kids away. Um, they've got to then escape from this lower level. That was pretty intense, actually. With like, oh, yeah. I was just imagining how they got 
all those people because it's just hands grabbing everywhere and you really I mean he, they did a really good job of feeling the chaos of what it would be like to try to get okay. that mass of people up another like geeky fact another geeky fact how many extras were used in this film oh my gosh I'm going to guess in the thousands 35,000 I didn't imagine that many thousand 35,000 <laughs> um, and some of those poor kids were forced to stand in water for up to about five hours I could believe that for different shots. Yeah. I'm not saying it's safe <laughs> that it was, you know. Oh, no, no. Health and safety laws have gone. This was long before health and safety kicked in, really. Probably more drowns than anything else. But, um, yeah, so, I mean, basically you've got all this this flooding going off. And the, the whole point is well, there's an attempt by everybody to escape from this area. Yeah. Which was, and it's about this time that the little, um, the thin man tells Yo Frederson that, oh. by the way, your son is down there with the workers. The whole escape thing and the whole sort of like torment between the, the father and the son and how it's all going to work out. It's, it is quite intense. Yeah. It, it really, really intense. is. They yeah. did a really good job with that. Yeah. Um, and then the workers got- finally realize, um, what's the foreman? Grot. Grot. That suddenly brings up the point, whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait, where are all our kids? Yeah. Well, it's, it's, the, it's the workers who are saying, where are, our, where are our children? And then Grot says, oh, they're down there, but somebody's trying to rescue them. And then it all, it all hell breaks loose. Because now you're fucking with their kids. Do you want to rephrase that? No, I don't. Okay. Well, I'm sorry that you live in a pedo culture, but... <laughs> okay, moving on. <laughs> um, so, yeah, basically, then they've got to get the kids out, which, um, obviously, Freda Fredersen is instrumental in doing. Yes. So now he's become part of them, officially. Right. But everybody thinks Maria is a witch. And she's been chased like hell. She's been chased from pillar to post, didn't she? Cool. Well, that was a good way to get the two crowds to collide, though, in one place. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing is, though, that you've also got this dichotomy where you've got the um, the robot Maria. Crazy party got... bitch. Crazy party bitch, yeah, she's absolutely mad for it, isn't she? So you've got the real one, and you've got the robot one. Crazy Maria was riding on the shoulders of the revelers from that party. Yeah. The elite, and then the workers are chasing after the real Maria because they think she's the witch, but she's not. Is this, well, yeah, this, is where, this is where the confusion comes in, because nobody knows which is the real one. Correct. So basically you've got two girls who look exactly the same, but one's a bit freakier than the other. Yeah, and not just freaky in good ways. Freaky in a very bad way. Yeah. So basically, it's all a load of chaos. Until at the very end of the film. Oh no, we all we missed a bit, haven't we? We, we have. Missed we missed the fight. We missed. Oh well, we've missed. You know, first of all, Freighter comes up, and he thinks so. They're they're going to burn this witch at the stake. Basically. That's a, oh, oh shit! Yeah, I forgot about the burning at the stake. Yeah. Oh, how could you forget about the burning at the stake? Oh, anyway, you know, somebody has to think, pay think, for this. I, I think it's because I do know that they actually used real flames in that film. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, but, it annoyed me. 
<laughs> but, you know, so basically the real Maria hides out, out yeah. where Rotvang is hiding as well. Um, Cece mm. and this all go down. He's like, oh, shit. Um, <laughs> but, um, so yeah, they actually do manage to grab the not-quite-right Maria and uh, tie her to a post and burn her at the stake. However, Freighter doesn't... When she's burning at the stake, she's laughing. Well, that's how you know she's cray-cray. Yeah, I know, but I'm just saying, it's still not right. No, no. But that should have been, you know, Freighter's indication that it wasn't quite right, because he's freaking out, thinking the love of his life is burning up in front of him. Yes. (laughs) That's a different kind of ring of fire right there. Um, Indeed, yeah. Yeah. No, so, but it turns out, you know, as the flames engulf her, you see uh, her for what she is, which is the android. But now Rotfang is like, Chasing the real Maria. He's, he's chasing the real Maria, and he chases her up to the top of the church. And he's calling her hell. Yeah, well, he's he's besotted with this woman. Yeah. Obviously, and then the, the big fight scene at the end, which is Freda Fredersen fighting the Rockwang. Yeah. Actually, some of that was quite. It wasn't bad, really. No. The, the fight scene was actually quite good, especially the bit where they slipped down off the roof. That was crazy. <laughs> it was really weird, wasn't it? <laughs> it was that an was intense. Good, <laughs> it was intense. That was a bit. That was a good thirty foot slide down that roof. That was really. Yeah, good. and for either one of them to be conscious at that point <laughs> when they hit the. Yeah, yeah. But uh, so anyway, fight, fight, fight ensues. Um, punches are thrown. Nobody's kicked anybody yet. But anyway, rock bang goes over the edge and curtains. He's a dead man. Yeah. So anyway, basically, then you sort of like move on to the complete. Uh, End of the thing. This this is where this is the whole sort of like um, tagline of the movie, isn't it? With the hand and the heart. Yeah. Yeah. The hand and the, the between the hand and the heart is going to be mediator. Look, it's nearly half past two in the morning. Yeah. Speaking of getting late, maybe we should um come up with our final thoughts for the film and get on to part two. Yeah. Oh well, final thoughts on the film. I mean, it's absolutely iconic. I mean, it really is. And if if that film hadn't been made. There were so many other science fiction films that would never have been made. Oh, definitely. There were so many, so many things that that, that, that laid themselves into um, science fiction movie making that came straight out of that. Just the uh, themes alone. It, the themes alone, yeah, exactly. I mean, they didn't use a lot of special effects. The only special effects they used were mirrors to make things look bigger. But it's, yeah, it is a really, really iconic movie. I mean, if you actually just saw the poster, you'd know exactly which film it is. I mean, there's not many films where you can actually do that. You just look at a picture and think, right, that's, that's, I don't know, Raise the Lost Ark or whatever. Unless you're a complete other Star Wars geek or whatever. Wow, fuck off. Hey, I've never seen Star Wars. Yeah, I think your screams and moans assignment should be to watch that movie. Which one? Any one of them. But, um, yeah. Anyway, I was going to say, I mean, the the whole way that this film was shot and the detail and the feeling that they can convey even... I mean, yes, of course, there's some overacting because it's a silent film. But um, there was other more subtle hints at different times in the film, just little looks that actors gave each other or hints of things that yeah. were not so obvious as well. So I don't know. I, th- yeah, I thought it was a good mix. And like I said, the details of things like, I mean, even the amount of, you know, machinery shot and the mad scientists, mm. 
lab and you know all that stuff that we talked about i think you know does make it a great film i would definitely watch it again even if it is two and a half hours long yeah i guess with that we'll take a little break and then we'll get on to part two Anyway, food porn, darling. Yes, on onwards and upwards to food porn. <laughs> onwards and downwards to food porn, maybe? Mm, it depends on me. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> you see, the food, the food porn thing is... It's, it's, well, it's not difficult. It's just that... Um, oh, hmm. I've got lots of film references. Okay, which ties into Screams and Moans a bit. We like movies yes. here. I've got five movies where I could, I could think of food porn. <laughs> I was going to say, is I mean, I know of one, and that's nine and a half weeks, because I did it on War Machine versus War Horse the other day. So Last Tango last in Paris? No. Never seen? Oh, you've not seen Last Tango? Oh, oh, Golden Bennett, there's more movies that you've got to watch. He, Marlon Brando uses butter as a lube. Yikes. Well, again, it's that whole, it'd be oil-based, right? Versus water-based? Yeah. So it would last longer. Yeah. I just don't... Butter. I hope it's unsalted. I was, gonna, I was just going to say. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, nine and a half weeks, what did you think of that scene where he's feeding her the different foods? Um, I didn't think it was the, the best part of the movie. Well, we're um, not talking about the movie, though. We're talking about food porn. I just couldn't get past the fact that it was honey and how sticky that would be. Uh, well, okay, fine. At the end of that. I mean, he's rubbing it as if it's not sticky, but we all know honey is really sticky. Yeah. It, uh, well, it, yeah, that's one of the stories I was going to cover later on. <laughs> okay, well, you know, since you're the guy, to go first, so I want to hear this story. Yeah. Well, there's, there's no later on. The, the show is now. <laughs> no. Okay, right. Um, there was um, in my young and innocent youth. Obviously, I am no longer a youth. I am now an elderly person. Um, I had a girlfriend who did like honey. Oh. However, it had to be warm, That's... not straight out of the bottle, not squeezy. Thing it had to be in the pan first, just warm through or in the microwave or something right, like that. Right, like lukewarm, not. Oh, not scalding hot, no. Yeah. No, 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 no. Jesus Christ, no. I would never allow that. Not where she was putting it, anyway. <laughs> no, she, she she used to she used to like she liked licking warm honey, but she also liked it poured on her on herself as well, yeah. particularly on the tits. That wouldn't be so bad. Well, it wasn't so bad for me because I had to get it off. <laughs> well, I'm saying it wouldn't be so bad even if you were the person having it done, because it would be a lot easier to get out than other parts. The problem, yes. Yes. Yeah, I can, I can see that. Yeah, I um, never, I never actually took it down that far. That's my expression. <laughs> Those would be the um, parts I was talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of the things that came up last weekend from my little foreign excursion. Uh huh. To the um, onto the continent. Obviously, I, I went to Belgium and Amsterdam, and Amsterdam. And a friend of mine um, 
who I, I used to work with years ago, he now works in Amsterdam. And a lot of his acquaintances are um, hookers, basically. Fair enough. Um, which isn't such a bad thing. Um, so we decided, what we, uh, well, sorry, I decided I was going to ask them questions because I knew this was coming up. Okay. I knew we were going to be talking about food porn. So I asked some of them, what, as, do they use food in their industry? Okay. Oh, so we've got some expert opinions in a, in a sense. Ah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, only one of them came up with any ideas, really. And it was hot and cold water. So kind of different temperatures. Yeah. So you get but, hot but water. But how? Yeah. As a blowjob. Okay. So you start off with hot water, then you go cold, with ice, and I mean ice, and then hot water again, and then ice again, and then hot water, and then ice again. So basically, she claims, sensations, yeah. She claims it's the best way to give a blowjob. I didn't ask for a demonstration, I must admit. <laughs> you did or you didn't? <laughs> I did not. Okay. <laughs> I did not. Well, you know, <laughs> when in Amsterdam... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you know, guys do what guys do. But, um, no, no, that's the only one that anybody came up with. Okay. But, that, yeah, so that's about as far as I got with food porn. Right, come on. Tell me your food porn stories then, sweetie. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, I don't know how far to take it on this one. Oh, go for it. <laughs> come on. We're going to go for the full Sunday. Let's go for the full thing. All right. Oh, was it, oh, ice creams involved. Okay. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, so, yeah, I, I might have been at um, a local private event where um, some friends and I, it was the middle of summer, we decided it would be a great time to make a banana split. And so we covered a picnic table with, uh, actually, I think it was like a shower, you know, the curtain liners so that, <laughs> you know, <laughs> to, yeah. Um, but, you know, basically so that it was a somewhat clean surface to lay on, and we also kept the picnic table clean. Uh, and I might have laid down on it and became a live banana split. So we <laughs> we had bananas, both sliced and, like, just halved. Um, <laughs> sliced and halved. Strawberry <laughs> syrup, chocolate syrup, butterscotch. <laughs> okay. I'm listening. Um Ice cream, of course, because it's a Sunday, yeah. and whipped cream as well. So I think we might have even had some cherries on top of nipples, perhaps. So basically, you became the live banana split. I did. Yeah. <laughs> so, um. <laughs> so, okay, so you, you've been the live banana split. I've had the honey treatment. Yeah, that's about the best I have. However, I, I did get a listener response. Oh, really? Yeah. Actually, somebody somebody wrote in eventually. I know, and it wasn't even you this time. <laughs> oh, wow. Jesus Christ Almighty! Somebody else has got to contribute to the show, I suppose. <laughs> Fill me in if the expression. <laughs> well, that's some different kind of food porn. Um, no, but oh. um, <laughs> this one comes from Shane, and he says. Here's some food porn fun for your next episode. It definitely falls more into the fun side than anything sexy, though. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, I had a girl. 
He said, I had a girlfriend who liked to bring fruit to bed, primarily small stuff like cut up strawberries, grapes, etc., because she thought the idea of trying to catch them when launched off a penis catapult was hilarious. Okay. <laughs> that is kind of funny. <laughs> because right now I'm just a trying. penis catapult. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. You know. Right. And launching it to try to catch it in her mouth. Come on. That's kind yeah, of no, funny. yeah, because yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm there. Don't worry. I can understand what you're talking about. I'm just... <laughs> You don't find okay. that fun, though. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't, no, but, but it depends on the other half, really, doesn't it? I mean, if, if that's what she's up to, if she fancies things that lobbed off your rock line. <laughs> I hope it's not rotting. Rot. Rot as in German for red. <laughs> okay. My having said that, that's even worse, isn't it? it sounds, like, <laughs> sounds like I've got an infection. Right. I don't know which is worse, but <laughs> I'm assuming Shane has neither of those problems. So no, I think I think that sounds like a fun one. Maybe the next guy I'm with, I'll be like, "Hey, do you have a penis catapult?" <laughs> it is run. It is run a mile. It's <laughs> <laughs> my new pickup line. So, got a oh. penis catapult? <laughs> I big guy. <laughs> So yeah, again, I want to thank Shane for contributing to the show. And as always, I like to hear from my listeners. So we appreciate that. And every episode, if this is your first episode listening, we put out a listener question ahead of time for you to answer. And you can either send, you know, I love recorded audio along with written, but um, we'll definitely read out any written responses as well. But the question for next episode is, how much masturbation is too much masturbation? So uh, I'll be discussing that with my uh, co-host next show. And yeah, so if you want to get those answers to me, you can do that at screamsandmoans at gmail.com. So uh, yeah, it's been good having you on. Hopefully it hasn't been too rough your first time podcasting and on Screams and Moans. You've been very gentle with me. I've tried. <laughs> I'm a little bit feisty today. But, yeah, uh, I know. No, I can tell. I can tell you're in a, you're in a mood. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> it's technical difficulties start to yeah, piss the person off. With that being said, though, if uh, people want to get in touch with you, what's a good way for them to find you on the interwebs? Yeah, well, there was Twitter, there was Facebook. Facebook address, Dave Lowe's. L-O-W-E-S. Sounds good. And as always, people can get in contact with Screams and Moans and myself on Twitter at Screams and Moans and on Facebook, the Facebook address slash Screams and Moans. Listen to it because you know it makes sense. <laughs> Thank you. And if you're liking it, you know, you can always give us a nice five stars and a review on iTunes. So I guess, since it is getting late where you are, uh, it's probably a good place to call it a night, but... Uh, Five past three? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Not too bad, no, no. It has been good having you on, talking about a movie I actually haven't seen before. Yeah, I do try to let my guests suggest things if they think I'd like them, so hopefully you have a good night, and we'll say good night to the listeners and goodbye. Good night, listeners. Mm, Ooh, good night, listeners. Good night, listeners. Bye. Bye. (laughs) 